very set of rules which affect all of us. Yet you probably can't name a single one. Canon law is what we'll be taking a look at today. So, George, it's probably a preface that opening that these rules affect Catholics. So, not everyone is bound by them. Oh, sure. And particularly what we're talking about today affects only uh, Latin Rite Catholics. Oh, okay. So, there's separate canon, canon laws. So, it's not to do with artillery pieces? It is not. Or cameras? No, this is not um, canon cameras. No, no. But, okay. Yeah, this is this is this is canon, and we'll talk about what that word means. Now, a curious listener probably said, "Wait, isn't your next episode supposed to be about doctrine and dogma and infallibility?" Is it? Well, we recorded that episode and realized eh, eh, it needs some more uh, needs some more tweaking. It's a very uh, difficult subject, so disregard the I, last. Uh, I don't recall recording that one. I'm sure we did. No, we did. We did. We absolutely did. <laughs> Which is why we didn't have an episode last week. So we're like, mm, it's much more of a nuanced topic than um, than we should. So uh, we're going to retweak that a little bit. There's only, you know, props to us. There's only been two episodes that we've had to, like, record and just throw away. Yeah. and um, Yeah. Yeah, I think. We, we had the eschatology episode that we realized, mm, mm, could, uh, be, could be simplified a little bit. Is that what it was? Yes. That was oh, okay. the first of lost episode. So. George, you have your phone out, and I didn't send you the script, so you must have something on your on your notes there. Oh, no, this, I'm just looking at, apparently it came out today or the last few days, uh, the top 10 most visited churches in the world. Oh, I'm glad I see that's what you're doing while I'm... Uh... Yeah, while you're doing the intro? Yeah. Um, of the top 10... Oh, oh, this could be a new segment. Eight are Catholic. Oh, good for us. Two are Anglican, so that's ooh, that rounds ooh, out the top me, ten. Let me guess. Let me guess. Uh, Westminster. Yep. St. Paul's. Yes. Sure. Can you guess the Catholic churches? Oh, oh since oh. this is a Catholic podcast, absolutely. St. Peter's. Um, that's like number ten. Oh, really? That's number ten. It. Uh, it's four. Four. Okay. okay. That makes <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> but there's three more. Okay. Um. Oh, it's there's one in Spain. Uh, it means Holy Family, San Grad Familia. Yeah. Okay. Is that number one? No, that's three. It's three. Oh man, there's so two. You got two. Well, it's been closed for a couple of years, but Notre Dame. Yes, that's. Which one is that? Is that number one? Yeah. Wow. Fun fact: supposed to go see it back in. Uh, it burned down in 2019. I know that. But it didn't burn down. It burnt heavily. It burnt a lot. I was supposed to go there with scott it was kind of our trip before after we graduated before we started working full-time and so we, we had the trip all uh we were sitting in class and we got like like nudged me to like look up something on my phone and i looked it up and we were like watching videos of notre dame burning and we're like we're going we're sad it's burning but also we're going there in a couple months so still have been there but have not been inside okay um is there another french church on there um probably but it's not in the top not five. In the top 10 oh man now i'm really stretching myself here. it's in the top 10 not in the top five okay uh is there anything in portugal no okay so you don't have anything for our lady of fatima um so we're looking for number two yep number two is it in italy yes oh saint paul's not a saint john lateran no in rome is it in, oh wait it might not be rome uh so it's not a saint i think it's a church anyway it may not be anymore but at least at one time it was. It's not 
the Colosseum? The Pantheon. The Pantheon. Okay, so that doesn't really count. People are going there because it's it's the Pantheon, Pantheon not because it's a correct. May I don't know if it's still a church. I haven't been to Rome. Correct. Yeah, no, it is. So I mean, it used to be a Pantheon. It used to be like a Greek temple, yeah. and then they turned Converted it into it. a church. Yeah. I think it's All Saints Church actually, um, because it was a church for all the gods. So they turned it into All Saints. Oh, that's clever. Yeah, it was good yeah. on there. Um, famous artist is. Oh, oh, who's a uh, Raphael? He's an artist, right? Yeah, uh, sure. Well, he's one of the uh, Ninja Turtles, right? Yep. Okay, he's buried in the okay. Pantheon, which is a church. You're you're missing the Sistine Chapel at number five. Okay, it's not a church; that's a chapel. Well, and you have to go to the museum to see that. Okay, who else? Sacré Coeur, number six. In well, that's Paris. in France. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Westminster is seven. Duomo. Duomo, Duomo in Milan. Uh, oh, Milan. Okay. Uh, Saint Paul's Cathedral in London and uh, Saint Mark's. In, in Venice. Yeah, Venice, yep. Number 10. Okay, jump in there. Be afraid to pay to go into the Pantheon now. I used to go. It was free when I first started going. Oh, there. really? To pay to go That's a shame. Yeah. But all the other churches, I believe, are, are free. Oh. Is there something against uh, paying to go into a church according to canon law? The canon law does not cover that, but that is a good segue <laughs> into all the many rules and uh, that are covered within canon law. So, background. What does the word mean? That's where we like to start. Comes from the Greek, just means rule, a norm, a standard, a measure. That's what a canon is. So it's a rule, rule, or a law, law. Correct. A law, rule. Rule, law? Law, rule. Canon law. Canon Rule, law. law. Yes. Okay. And it was first, the first set of canon law wasn't introduced until 1917. Oh. Yes. So quite late. Quite, yeah. It, it's a fairly modern issue. Like, this doesn't go back to the earliest days of the church. Oh. But what it was in, in 1917, they said, we need to have an official kind of just, what are the laws of the church global and so they put together put forth the first set of canon law it had a major update in 1987 that was in response to vatican ii yes it took them about 20 years from the conclusion of the council to update canon law but that's what they did so we had a major revision in 1987 and it gets periodically updated here and there uh the most recent was even pope francis updated some of the canons in there so it's it's a it's not those were, you know, 1917 and 87 were the major overhauls, and then it slowly gets just updated as needed. Okay. Pope's The Pope is the sole kind of arbiter of it. Yes, he'll typically listen to a, probably a council or a group, but the Pope has the final say. He could, again, could add a canon saying every person's required to wear a fancy hat when they step, go into a church. He, okay. He has the power to do that. It's The Pope's the Supreme Court of canon law. There is no Supreme Court. No. It's the, it's the Pope. It's the Pope. Okay. Yeah. So that's a power granted by the Pope. The Supreme Court doesn't add laws either. So oh. just as a point of like oh, political clarity. Uh, and, I, I guess that's right. In, he, he is in the, the United States, in the, the government, in the government system in, in the United States, the Supreme Court only decides matters of law, not that's fair. making law. He, he is parliaments and executive. What would, what would, well, okay, so like, what would Congress be? Yeah, Congress or a parliament. What branch board. is that in our three provinces? The legislature. Legislative, they, yes. They, they write laws, sometimes sign them into law, depending on what system. Like, not here, but you know, in other countries, the legislature, if they pass a law, it becomes a law but without executive approval. <laughs> here, you have to have the executive approval. Hmm. So, canon law is based on Roman law. Okay. That makes sense, right? Yeah. From Rome. Where the U.S. is common law. Did I get that correct? Yeah. Okay. And so what so Roman, Roman law is closer to like code law? Correct. It's called Praetorian law. Okay. And what that is like a local ruler would publish a list of, of laws. Yeah. And 
he would decide on, on the cases. So right. Oh yeah, list of principles. What I have in my notes from my canon law class, so and then common law is what based on like similar decisions made in the past. Yeah, I mean, common law depends a lot on like on previous decisions and the body of all laws before and like the spirit of just yeah. George is doing a big hand motion. Been trying to do. A, I don't. Yeah. I don't really know how to put it into words, but like it's different. It's yeah. different. There are definitely so, two different so, systems: yeah. common law and code law, or Roman law. Yeah. Uh, like Louisiana. Okay. It's a good example of some place here in the United States that is very clear. This law says not to do that or to do that. You have to do that. There's really no room for wiggle room. Okay. Whereas in common law, it'd be like, well, this is what the law says, but does it mean that? Okay. Yeah. And that, 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 that makes sense reading canon law. And I should point out in this episode, I, I am not a canon law expert. You will not be a canon law expert after listening to this episode. Sorry, George. Well, I'm not a... Uh, a legal law, American none, law, none legal system legal, expert either. None of so. this is legal advice. <laughs> By, they, they <laughs> this, is not, this is not like American legal advice. It's not canon law legal Correct. advice. There's no legal advice Correct. going on whatsoever. And, and just because you may know a little bit more about canon law for this episode, it does not make you an expert because you've read the books. There are there are many years of study needed to be a canon lawyer. Your priest, your local priest, has hopefully taken some classes and is well acquainted with this. Is there a canon law law school? I just, there's some yeah in Rome you can go and get like a degree in, in canon. Do you law. have to like pass a canon bar or something? Ooh, that'd be a good question. Well, uh, there's no court to argue in front of, is there? Well, we'll find out. Okay, so we'll get into this. But anyways, yeah, yes, you are not expert for listening to this. Trust the people who who do this for a living. Um, this is just a way to look into canon law because I thought it's an interesting thing because it affects all of us. But your average person has no idea what canon law is, so we're just peering behind a little bit behind the curtain to to see what these laws are that govern our church and, and all of us as Catholics. Okay. So there's a few types of law, that just the background. So we have uh, canon law, which is, again, universal to all Latin Catholics. The Eastern Catholic churches have their own set of canon law. But this canon law is universal to any uh, Latin Catholic, so any Roman Catholic here in the United States, mm-hmm. any Roman Catholic in, in Rome, in England, right? They all uh, have these same universal laws. Okay. There are also what are called complementary norms. Canon law allows for 84 of them, and these are laws that are left intentionally to individual bishop conferences. So United States Catholic bishops have a set of rules that they rule on independently that are specific only to the United States. Okay. And even within that, there are also particular laws, which are a diocesan level. So one of those is going to be like, there are, there are certain feast days which are mandatory holy days of obligation in mm-hmm. certain dioceses, but not in others. So that'd be like particular laws left up to the bishop to decide what's a holy day of obligation and, and what's not. Okay. There are liturgical laws, which are, again, just how we celebrate the sacraments. And those are found in the individual like liturgy books. There's like a whole book for each sacrament. And yeah. it has a lot of the rules behind it as far as what's a proper time to celebrate the sacrament, preparation, stuff like that. Uh, there are proper laws, which have to do with religious orders. That's their own set. Like, the Franciscans have their own law of what it means to be a Franciscan. Jesuits have their own. Jesuits do, their own. correct. Okay. And those are just within their orders. That's called proper law. And then there is special law, which is used for, like, canonizing saints, dissolving certain types of marriages. That's just a really niche part that's not covered in canon law. Everything else, canon law. Okay. So canon law is made up of 1,752 individual canons. So okay. Individual little statements that are each laws, and 
And some of them are, are what your rights are, what the rights of a particular office is in church. Some of them are more statemental, like, you know, shouldn't do this. Right. Some of them are a little bit more procedural. So now each one's not a thou shalt, thou shall not. They're right. a little bit more nuanced than that. But but over a, uh, 1,500, you know, over 1,500 of them individual different sure. parts. And they're broken up over seven books. And so we're just going to briefly look over what those seven books are so you can kind of get an idea. If you just Google canon law, you can get the entire code at the Vatican's website in English. So book one. Book one has to do with general norms. And so this is how canon law works, how these individual laws work as a whole, how certain offices of, of governance, so who has the power to govern over, what does that look like? It's covered in this first book. And can you, George, just out of a random chance, can you guess what the very first canon is about? Number one out of 1,752. I, I'm not even going to try and... Is it obvious? Uh, a little bit. Is it just like naming the church? No, no. Canon oh. one. The canons of this code regard only the Latin church. So oh, okay. It only applies to... So it, it is sort of yeah, naming. Yeah. That's what this is, and this okay. is who it is. Um, so there's nothing... I mean, I'd say there's something interesting, but there's nothing really too much to cover in, in book one for our purposes. Okay. Book two is where he gets a little bit more. This is where we have to do with the people of God. So mm -hmm. there's a whole section on rules for the laity, what the rights of the laity are. Okay. A section on clergy, which is, again, is ordained. So it's deacons, priests, and bishops. There's a special section on the pope, what are the rights of the pope, and what is his role. That's where we also learn about cardinals, the Roman curia. curia. Whenever we say Roman curia, that's basically the, the bureaucratic side of the church. So there's the different departments and offices. It'd be like the president's cabinet in United States government's okay. kind of analogy. And there's also where we learn about ecclesial provinces. We talked about that yep. and how to make a diocese. So it has what what makes up an ecclesial province, what the rights and, and the roles of ecclesial provinces are, would be found in this book number two. Then we get to book three, and this has to do with the teaching function of the church. So, you know, again, like I said, it's not all do's and don'ts, but a lot of it's what the duties are of different groups within the church. And so what book three then does is discuss what's the function of, of teaching? Why does the church call to be the teacher? And so it lays out like the rules of the bishop. The bishop is really the, the local teacher of the church and his power works through the local pastors and pastors through catechists. So it, it sets up this whole idea of what the rights are of the church to teach the faith to Catholics and how that is played out on the smaller levels. Okay. Book four is then where things get you know, this is where we start looking at canon law for actual practical purposes because it has to do with the functions of the church. And the whole first part is about sacraments. So what's the basic preparation that should be for sacraments? Who um, can celebrate different sacraments? So like at, at you know, roughly what age? What's the age of reason? Um, there's a really long section on marriage. So what's the role of marriage? What's the What are the rights and the responsibilities of a married couple. So that's what the canon is doing. It's not this and that, that and that, don't do this, don't do this, but saying what are, what's the role of the sacrament? And what what's the responsibility on, on the participant to prepare and be ready for the sacrament? But also what do they receive? What's their right after receiving this sacrament? What are they entitled to? For part one um, is about that. Little section about sacramentals and relics. Book five is on the temporal goods of the church, so what is church property? Then book six is, is an important one because it has to do with the penal sanctions in the church. So these are all the juicy stuff, like excommunication. Oh, uh, okay. That sounds interesting. Yeah. 
and so it lays out like what what penalties are and it's very clear it's saying penalties should be these should always be the, like the last resort we shouldn't yeah. resort to punishing anyone for breaking these codes there should be more of a what's the word pastoral approach to correct dealing with problems than correct going straight to this and there's really only two types of of, of major penalties and, and the first one are the category called censures yeah so that's what excommunication is which is shouldn't receive the sacraments anymore shouldn't you know take place in in a liturgy especially if you're a priest you should can't celebrate mm-hmm. stripped of your title if you're if you're a, you know a, a clergy with a role or something and um, there's other forms of this too so you can also be like stripped of your role but still able to make receive the sacraments so okay there's there's different forms excommunication is like the grand thing but then there's like other steps of that along the way okay like lesser one, yeah all like, leading up to correct so that's that's the first one. It's called a censure, which is the, the hardest ones. And there's the um, expiatory punishments, which are like you have to like maybe live in seclusion because you've done something wrong, and so okay. you have to you know, leave your diocese and, and move somewhere. The um, what's that? Out, outcast or yes, uh, yeah. What's the, exile. Exile. There exile, we go. Right. Yeah. Or you, again, you have to give up something of you know maybe give up some property that you embezzled or whatnot. Oh, okay. Um, or that the war, the, the highest uh, p- punishment here would be expulsion from the clerical state. So mm. you're no longer able to present yourself as a deacon, priest, or a bishop. It's interesting, in, in, and it's in this <laughs> section, and this is not a commentary on anything happening currently. Um, sometimes the timing of our episodes are just a little... This episode was in the hopper, and sometimes things happen <laughs> in the world. And then the last book, and this is the longest book of them, it's called Processes, Book 7. And this has to do with, with how trials work, so how a canonical trial works. Okay. And as far as the the, the parish, you know, the day to day side, this is where we see the process for annulments. Okay. Which you know, my wife asked me, not not about annulment. <laughs> married two months, not 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 looking at that. Uh, but she asked me like, what's the point of canon law? And you know, I, I said, in your day to day world, that's where most people. It really intersects them as in the annulment process, is when you really get into the weeds of canon mm-hmm. law. Um, but for the most part, you know, we don't think of canon law. Right. It, it governs us. It, it, it connects us. It, it, it's a set of rules that we have to live by. But for the most part, it just it's just something we don't think about. Right. Um, what we're we're bound to. And so what I wanted to do, you know, didn't want to get us in the weeds of of canon law, but it's good to talk about. It's good to say it's out there. It's easily accessible. If again, if you type canon law uh, vatican it'll give you a whole list of them and not that it's really good nighttime bed reading <laughs> but it's good because it shows us you know what our again the canon law allows for it's what what we're responsible for as as lay people in the church and what we're called to do but also what our rights are and not that i think our rights are being attacked by any means that we have to defend ourselves but it was done it was made the church said this is good so it doesn't hurt us to learn about it yeah to know to know a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't hurt us to know a little bit more. Not that we're going to go up to our pastor and be like, Father, I'm an expert in canon law now. You're doing this wrong. And <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. You're probably, nobody, nobody likes that. Guy. Correct. And you're probably wrong. But uh, it, it's good to know. If it's something that affects us, if it's something that we're bound by, we should know it. Okay. And so there's, it's you know, fun, to, fun to read. Read over the lay section if you want to, to learn more about canon law. So I wanted to have a segment on this 
uh, episode like that. It was just like fun canon laws because everyone loves those articles. Like fun laws, like chewing you, gum on a Sunday can put you in jail. Don't put and, an ice cream cone in your back pocket in uh, Nashville. I don't know which it is. That is a law someplace. I don't know where. Yeah, sorry. Unmarried women can't uh, parachute on Sundays in Florida. Yeah, that would be a Florida law. That would be a Florida. I apologize for making fun of Nashville, but not Florida. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, I, so I was looking up like, oh, you know, cause I was looking through my notes cause I, I took a class on this and of course we didn't like, we covered like the laws that actually affect us in working in church mm-hmm. ministry. So we didn't have time to go into the fun ones. Right. So I, I Googled fun canon laws. Surprisingly, there's no website or article on this. Uh, so there could be on mattcressage.com. So I put a feeler out to, uh, one of our friends in the seminary and said, yo, what's your favorite canon? His favorite was. That if you uh, slap the Pope, it's an excommunication. Really? Or if you attack any, if you attack any cleric, you uh, can get a penalty, a church penalty. So because of your hatred for the church, it's uh, oh, yeah. Pope's an excommunication if you physically attack the Pope. Uh, if you attack any, but cleric, if I physically attack, like say, a priest, yes, not an automatic, not an automatic. Okay, but it is. But if you slap the Pope, it's penalty. automatic. Okay, there's a canonical penalty for attacking a cleric. Okay. So, um, I put a feeler out uh, for our friend at the seminary to like gather a list of you know from his from his classmates. What's your favorite random obscure canon law? So maybe we'll update that in the show description. And I, so we I asked you what the first canon was, right? Mm-hmm. The last canon. It's a very uh, so it ends it, it opens very simply and it closes very simply but very beautifully. And so after all canon all if you read through all the canons, one thousand seven hundred fifty two. And this is talking about what happens when you remove a pastor. So that's the context for this canon. But this is the very last one. The book, sure. There's no like outro. It just ends. It just ends. With the canon. The last canon says, And the salvation of souls, which must always be the supreme law of the church, is to be kept before one's eyes. And so it says that should really be the guiding principle for all of canon law. That all of canon law is meant to be the salvation of souls because that is the supreme law the church that's the whole point that's the whole point of canon law is to help us on our journey so it's not meant to be a set of do's and don'ts it's not meant to be a way for the church to hold laws over us but when canon law properly applied it's meant to help us on our journey to salvation but that's canon law that's your intro to canon law george do you do you um feel as though you're an expert no good that wasn't the point okay Maybe well, I'll go to Canon Law School. You could. Uh, Catholic University in D.C. I'm sure there's others, but... Probably not. not <laughs> it's probably not many. Probably not many. Outside of yeah. Rome. So if you want to be a Canon lawyer as well, um, uh, you can subscribe to our Patreon. Those are not mutually exclusive. <laughs> doesn't mean you're going to be, but you can. Yeah. Subscribing to the Patreon doesn't make you a Canon lawyer, but you can do both. <laughs> Helps, helps us grow the show, but even if you cannot subscribe to Patreon, subscribing to the podcast is free, rating it's free, really helps us grow the audience, which um, we are so happy for and want to continue to see grow. Until next time, I'm Matt. I'm George. Cast into the deep, dive into the mystery. <laughs>